All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. I'm your host here every week, Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Thank you so much for joining, for watching. If you're watching here live, if you're in Seattle watching here live, stay inside. The, we the, the weather is fine. The smoke is real bad. We were just talking about that before we came online. Um, but if you're watching live, thank you very much for joining us in the middle of your work day. Uh, you can be part of the show. If you're watching this live on LinkedIn, uh, feel free to make a comment, ask a question, uh, a rebuttal. We take all types uh, for our guests today, as well as uh, for our topic today, all around sort of sales engagement uh, and supporting sales teams, especially into the headwinds of uh, different economic conditions. So it, definitely look forward to making you part of the show. Feel free to comment and ask questions. If you're listening or watching on demand, thanks again for downloading, for subscribing, for uh, for watching. Every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, uh, past, present, and future, always available at salespipelineradio.com. Uh, every week, we're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. We have a repeat guest today. Uh, last time I think we had you on, Lauren, we were talking about account-based marketing. Today, very excited to have Lauren Vaccarello. She is the CMO at SalesLoft. And uh, Lauren, thanks very much for joining us. Oh my God, thanks for having me. I was so excited to come back on the show with you, Matt. Uh, well, I appreciate that very much. I mean, there's so much we can talk about. I think, you know, I've been a huge fan of SalesLoft for a very long time. And, you know, we can talk, uh, there's, we can talk about sort of this uh, sort of the sales engagement opportunity and, and how it has expanded and changed over the years beyond just like, you know, automated email drips and sort of yeah. what it's doing now to support an entire sales organization. Um, you know, at some point, like whenever I think about sales off, I also think about culture. I think about yes. great companies. I think about companies that are values driven and purpose driven and have a great culture. We can get there as well. Um, but let's start at the, let's start with the basics and talk about like what, and I don't want you to make this a commercial, but like, what is sales loft? It's changed over time. I mean, I was one of, I was an early customer when it was prospector, when it was like, you know, giving you access to lists and it has now evolved into a full platform uh, to support sales professionals. So let's make sure people are grounded in what is sales, sales loft today. Perfect. I can give you that answer. Uh, so sales loft is the leading sales engagement tool. We help sales drive revenue. Um, so how I like to think about it, I'm going to move my teacup so I don't like spill tea in the middle of this. How I like to think about sales engagement reminds me a lot about uh, back in the dark ages when I used to be a seller and I was the equivalent of an SDR and you would like get your list of leads and you were like, I can call 50 of these people and this is what I can do and everything is going to be pure ad hoc. So it started off with there's a better way to do that now. So it's not just like, mm -hmm. here's the list and I'm just going to randomly do this. So with the, one of the basic parts of the platform around cadence is really going to be, how do you automate a lot of that activity? And how, but not just pure automation, but how do you add real personalization? How do you also add that level of predictability within a seller's mm -hmm. day? So whether it's, how do I prioritize? Who's the hottest lead to call down on? What do I do? Should I call? Should I send a LinkedIn invite? Should I send an email? So that's the basics where when I was a seller back in the dark ages, this would have completely revolutionized how I sell. Yeah. I would have driven more leads, more opportunities, and more revenue. And then the platform has really evolved to say, it's not just about that initial outreach. It is about what we're going to do to improve forecasting. How do you improve coaching and really thinking about the entire revenue motion for a seller, whether you are an SDR, an AE, an SE. I even have, um, I even have cadences set up as the CMO. 
Oh, no, I, I do as well. I mean, I've got, I, I, you know, I use it for prospects. I use it for partners. I use it for members of my entrepreneur group. I mean, I, you really think about like people think, oh, this isn't just sales enablement. You think yeah, whole, there's a whole account management side of this that gets, that gets really, really interesting. And, you know, I think fundamentally, I feel like since, the, since, I mean, since as long as I've been doing sort of B2B marketing in general, there's this fundamental sort of, there's two questions, right? Who do I call and what do mm-hmm. I say? Right. And who do I call? Who do I contact? Like who next and why? Mm-hmm. And, and I think about the broader answer to that question that isn't just pre-made sequences. It's also incorporating the right data in the right moment to help me adjust what that looks like day to day, even within the day. So talk about sort of the answers to those sort of kind of basic questions, but how important sort of data and insights are to getting it right. I mean, it's, it's critical. It's the dip. It's, the most valuable valuable asset we all have is time. And how do you decide to follow up on this lead or call this open opportunity and what you're going to do? You could do things like, so I think of Sixth Sense as an example and how you can pull in intent data. If I know that Matt has a high intent to buy, he's on the website, he's paying a lot of attention, he's highly engaged, shouldn't I surface that so I call Matt right now and follow up with him right now? And then with even with you think about coaching, there's great data points that I'm totally going to be directionally correct, but not 100 percent correct, which is why I'm in marketing, not in engineering, where it's something like reps you get coached are 60 percent more effective. So then I start to pull in different data points and then I say, okay, Matt is talking about these particular things with this rep or with this potential customer. But you know what? If he talks about this instead, Mm -hmm it's actually going to have a better chance of win rate. And you know what? Matt sends this many emails. He really doesn't like calling. So how can I take that data and go back and say, you know, Matt, you know, you're not quite hitting your number. And to be perfectly honest, only like 60% of AEs hit their number and 40% don't. And in no other profession is a 40% fail rate, like a good thing. But what if I can say, Matt, I'm looking at what you're doing. You don't seem to like calls. You tend to lean into emails. When you're talking on the phone, you're not bringing up these different things. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen that your peers who bring up these points are actually more successful. And if you call customers at the moment of interest that you can see over here, you're going to hit your number. And giving you that information means we're taking the guesswork out of your job. You're getting real effective coaching, and then you have the tools to actually go and execute. Where this has evolved and the information available, the insights available, the coaching available, it is helping to me, it's helping to enable leaders of these sales organizations, even when they haven't been traditional sales leaders, as we see Mm -hmm. more marketers and CMOs, you know, own the BDR function. So we've talked about like, you know, sales and sales engagement can impact any number of customer facing teams Mm -hmm. for marketers that are that that now are managing customer facing people not yeah. just programs that is a different function it's a different role mm-hmm. and and there's a there's a learning curve to sort of sort of for a marketer to learn how to manage salespeople. Mm-hmm. but having those insights and to have that coaching opportunity it makes it feel a little closer to a marketing channel where you can evaluate data you can make adjustments yeah. um talk about sort of what the, where the similarities are there but then also just given the people factor where the similarities may end mm-hmm. And what are some things that marketers and other leaders need to do to, 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 to manage the people side of making a platform like this work? Completely. So I, I have to say, I love managing BDRs. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I love that in more and more companies, the SDR or BDR, whatever you call it, function is moving into marketing. I mean, first of all, as I want to say all great B2B marketers, I will say all great B2B marketers care about pipeline, care about revenue. Like if you're only caring about leads, we're going to have a different conversation. So we're so focused on pipeline and your CRO tends to be so focused on close as he or she should be. It's closing your number. It's hitting your number. And mm-hmm. I have been obsessed with pipeline literally my entire career. Mm-hmm. And now having in the last several years, having the BDR sit in marketing, I just think is such a great advantage for marketers because we can dig into the data and we will be so hyper-focused on this. And we will look at not just your call recordings, but what are the different activities and actions that reps do that lead to increased output? We can look at things and we'll also have a little bit of a sub, uh, like a subject matter expertise where you may dig into uh, your BDR is having an, uh, this is what the sequence looks like. This is what the email looks like. Mm-hmm. You tend to have a degree of expertise in this is a really good subject line. And to provide mm-hmm. that level of insight, the things that are really different is you can't treat a BDR like you treat a marketer. It's different. It's different skill sets. It's different functions. It's different motivations. So how we look at it is, okay, how should we be thinking about motivation and compensation for a BDR versus uh, a marketer? It's going to be in a lot of ways. We just did like disc profiles and insight profiles. It's also a lot of different personality types that tend to gear towards that role. And if you have that knowledge, you know, it's a different personality type, a different motivator. You can start to gear your comp planning and your outcomes planning to that. And then we just dig into the data with them. And a lot of how we run our teams is here's the numbers, here's the insights, here's the data. Okay. Now tell me your side of it, because there's only so much you're going to get from the numbers. And then it is what's the insights that you all have. Awesome. We're talking today with Lauren Vaccarella. She's the CMO at SalesLoft. And, you know, these tools continue to evolve. The entire tech stack continues to evolve, you know, and I think what used to be table stakes has really changed. And yes. I don't know if this is a hot take or controversial, but I'm seeing some companies that are sort of maybe, you know, in the industrial markets, you know, in we see manufacturing clients mm-hmm. that don't have a tech stack. Mm-hmm. And are saying, okay, what is the modern set of tools that we need? And depending on sort of the, the finite nature of their market, mm-hmm. they're saying, I need a CRM, I need mm-hmm. a lead engagement tool, and I need an ABX platform. I need something yeah. with intense signals to help me understand who to sell to. I need an implementation tool to help my sellers go to market, and I need a yeah. CRM to organize all that together. What's missing in that list is marketing automation. And so I'm definitely seeing some companies say like marketing automation in the right market may be a, uh, a, a either a nice to have or mm-hmm. a no longer necessary given the capabilities in a platform. Just curious if you're seeing any companies or seeing any direction where people are leaning in and using the platforms as sort of their core marketing mechanism moving forward. It's a great question. You know, it's funny. I was just on a like marketing leaders Slack thread last night where there was a conversation and a question that was like, I have Pardot, do I need like a sales loft or do I need this? And my initial take was, I was like, these do totally different things. Your Mm -hmm. Pardot, your marketing automation is going to be great at sort of the big ticket. I'm going to send a large email. Mm -hmm. You want to do real personalization. You need something like a sales engagement platform to do that one-to-one. It also Mm -hmm. goes beyond just email where your marketing automation platform This is what it's geared for. Uh, So it has become the, and I'm starting to see more, especially for companies that are just starting to your point is 
You have to have a CRM. You have to have a sales engagement platform because mm -hmm. how else would each individual go to the next individual right. where marketing automation becomes starts to become less of a day one technology where a CRM and a sales engagement is, but is still in, in critical is what are you doing for your lead routing? What are you doing for your big marketing communications? We are starting mm -hmm. to see the smaller yeah, personalized yeah. communication having a better efficacy than the big marketing yeah, yeah. communications. But uh, this is going to maybe my controversial. Everyone needs a newsletter. You're still going to send this out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I think a lot of companies still say like, you know, it's the EFN, it's the email effing newsletter that sort of is sort yeah. of foundational for a lot of companies. But I wonder moving forward, I mean, to, for many companies, that is just sort of one size fits all. I mean, yeah. you know, hand raiser like ours is, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, once a month we send out a newsletter, but but throughout the month, we have very more specific personalized emails yeah. based on things that just happen, based mm -hmm. on intense signals that just tr triggered, right? Yeah. And I would argue that those messages, the right message to the right person at the right time, is far more interesting. Now, if we want to do a newsletter, couldn't that, shouldn't that newsletter be automatically personalized, mm -hmm. customized to each person versus mm -hmm. just programmed once for however many people? And that's where I start to get into thinking about like, what does an intent signals tell us? Mm -hmm. What is the, what is the information, the data that I have in my CRM and my sales engagement tool? Mm -hmm. And this, you know, may not be things we can do today, but like those newsletters don't need to be one size fits all the way yeah. they have. And so I think we're moving into a direction of saying, yes, sometimes bigger audiences, yes, newsletter, mm -hmm. but more intimate, more specific, yeah. more personalized. And it's just about having a degree of relevancy to everything that you get. If you're going to send me this giant mass newsletter and I'm a customer and I'm a small business customer and you're telling me about all of this functionality that's candidly not related to what I do, yeah, I may stop paying attention. So if you, I do think there is a place for big, but you have to tailor it to, you have to tailor it to your audience. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And then, and then you think, sort of step back and think, okay, like, so are there some people that moving forward, like they don't really want the email. They prefer the text. Yes. They prefer the WhatsApp. No. You know, they prefer snippets of information, even on a TikTok. Like, you know, no. last week at a conference, someone made the most compelling case I've seen so far about sort of maybe not TikTok, but TikTok format no. of content and no. sort of for different audiences. And if that's how they're engaging and if that's increasing the frequency and attention they give you, mm -hmm. what is the role of that newsletter? Or is it, has it already naturally replaced it for some people? No. And I think what you're you're bringing up, which I feel like as marketers, we intend to remember, but we forget is that it's not about us. It's about them. It is about the customer first. What do they care about? What are the problems they're trying to solve? How do they want to receive information? And it is up to us to communicate with them in that in that vehicle. And I yep. will tell you my uh, funny quick aside. Um, I do some advising work for a few different companies. And there are moments where I remember being the like hip, cool, young marketer that like knew all the things and was cutting yeah. edge. And then 20 years pass and that's not me anymore. <laughs> so I was talking to a marketing leader for a company that I was advising and they were like, no, you know, we have everyone put in their telegram and she's talking about telegram. And I kid you not, I was Googling what telegram was and I was like, what is this? Yeah. And there's this whole generation and it's specific to the industry that they're in where they really care about Telegram. And I would have never seen that or thought about that. But yeah. what she's really good at is she's like, I know my audience. This is what they care about. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, I just made myself a note to go look up what telegram is to make sure I understand it. I mean, that's, and even last week, you know, I, I get that everyone's on the TikTok, but I mean, right. I didn't, you know, again, maybe this is like old people and I'm right. getting too old now, but um, anyway, like it's so fascinating conversation. Um, I know we're going to run out of time here in a minute. Um, I did want to get back to just talk about sort of not just sales, lots of technology yeah. in the, in the category, but the company. I mean, so yeah. you you've had a long successful career in a lot of companies. You've run marketing at say at uh, at Salesforce, at Box. Yeah. You're you're on the board of directors of a bunch of companies. You can pretty much go work where you want. You chose Salesforce. Yeah. What about the company? What about the culture? Kind of especially sort of you know this in this time and place was interesting to you. Totally. Um, I will give my twenty second table stakes for any company I'm willing to consider. Is the the things we can't control as marketers. Is this like, is this a big market opportunity? Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how good you are. If the market opportunity is not big, it's never going to work. Is this a good market opportunity? Do I believe in this product? And like, I loved sales engagement before I joined Sales Loft. Like, this is a revolutionize how you do sales. The mm -hmm. amount of opportunity, and I've seen this in past lives, we went from, in a past life when I was running SDRs, we went from six opportunities per month for a rep to like 15 by implementing sales engagement. And I was like, this is insane. The increase yep, yep. in productivity I'm, I'm getting on a per rep basis. So I loved the space. I loved the product. Sales Loft was the clear leader from a product perspective. And then I met Kyle, the CEO, mm -hmm. and I was like, this guy is interesting. Mm -hmm. And I met the team and they were so interesting. And I'll never forget it. During my first interview with Kyle and the normal, like, tell me about you, get to know you interview, which typically is just press play. Here's my background in 15 minutes. I don't even need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, I really want to get to know you as a person. Mm -hmm. And I laughed and joked. And I was like, like who I was in kindergarten. He's like, yeah, that would be great. Tell me about you. <laughs> and I think we spent two hours. Oh wow! And I was like, he's like, well, who were you in high school? And I was like, I was the weird kid in high school and I had like pink hair and went to punk rock shows. And he's like, really? I would have never expected that about you. <laughs> and like, that's just the company in a nutshell is they just, yeah. they want to go deep. They want to know you as people and they genuinely care about each other in a way that I just, it's not like a platitude on a wall that a lot of companies have. It's just yeah. so like innate. Yeah, I, I love that answer. I think the, the way you're thinking about criteria is so important for people. I think people get you know, get excited about compensation, they get excited about title and role, and there's ego involved. But you know, the, just looking at the potential growth opportunity for a company is there a market here? Is there growth room in this market to take it exponentially beyond where it is today? Like, really important to be able to come in and be successful, but also, I mean, things get hard in the in good markets. Things get hard in Recession, non-recession, inflation, whatever the hell we're in right now, things get hard. Who yep. are you going to war with? Who are you going to market with? And as things work and don't work, and as you're trying to figure out, you know, answers to hard problems, mm -hmm. are these people that are going to align with your values and align behind a purpose that matters? And um, I, th I'm glad to hear that you were engaged in those. I'm not at all surprised. Kyle is such a great guy. Like, it's just not a surprise at all that yeah. that he's that he's thinking that way. And and kudos to you guys. Well, I know we're out of time here. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio today. Um, 
definitely encourage folks to check out sales loft. Uh, if you are, uh, sort of not yet using sales engagement, not yet working on sort of managing and sort of building out that messy middle that sometimes exists between demand and your sales team and sales, uh, sales execution and closed deals, uh, definitely take a look. And, uh, we'll be here again next week and every week, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Thanks very much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time on sales pipeline radio. Thank you. 